Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Leprosy, up until 80 years ago, was a disease that was absolutely fatal. There was no, there was no cure for it, and we, we know it goes way back. We're reading from the book of Leviticus during the time of Moses and Aaron. That was 1,500 years before our Lord Jesus came to earth. So, and obviously many, many centuries before that. So this has been a, a disease that has plagued humankind for a very, very long time. And it's a lethal disease. It's fatal, it's terrible, the suffering. Perhaps some of you have read uh, or seen the movie Damien of Malachi and Damien of the Lepers, and that you get a good idea of the, the extent of suffering that lepers go through. Not only their skin, but their limbs and eventually their organs are consumed by this, this fungus that eventually kills them, of course. And so we see this leper today in the gospel very wisely how he understood, only God knows, but he came to Jesus and he said, if you wish to, please heal me. Understanding that our Lord had the power to heal him. And when I, I read that, I think that is really the perfect prayer. That's the model of prayer. Lord Jesus, please heal this. Lord Jesus, please take this suffering away. Lord Jesus, please do not let my loved one die, but according to your will. Because if it, you don't intervene in the way I'm asking for you to do so, it's because you have something bigger in mind, and I trust that. That's a beautiful way to pray. Lord, do this, but may your will be done according to your will. And our Lord, in this case, consented to this leper and granted him his healing. It was a great moment. Not only was he relieved of the physical suffering, but he was relieved of the spiritual and psychological suffering that comes with leprosy. Lepers had to be kept outside the camp. They couldn't get any closer than 50 paces to anybody that wasn't infected with the disease. And if they were gonna come by, they had to ring a bell to make sure everyone knew that a leper was coming by. What, an, what a terrible feeling of being outcast. They could never see their family, their friends, their community, and maybe even worse, if, that, if there's anything worse than that, they could not worship. They couldn't participate in the covenant of the people of Israel. They couldn't go to the temple, they couldn't go to synagogue, they couldn't pray with the community. Leprosy was a terrible, terrible disease in the impact that it had on the people. So we see this great gift that God gave to the leper in his time. But as I was reflecting on this scripture, it occurs to me that while Hansen's disease has, we have found a cure for Hansen's disease, but there is a spiritual leprosy that has overtaken our time. It's the leprosy of materialism and atheism. A leprosy that does the very same things that Hansen's disease did to the people in ancient times. 
It isolates people from family and friends, and it prevents people from partaking in the life of worship. Those two things that are so fundamental to what it means to be a flourishing human being. And so today we're experiencing a kind of spiritual leprosy that's evident in so many different ways. I was, uh, <clears throat> there, there are the, all these articles that are coming out about the dissatisfaction that Americans experience. And one not too long ago indicated that almost half Americans of all Americans are dissatisfied with their lives. Now that doesn't mean that there are things going on in their lives that they wish they could change or overcome, but they're dissatisfied with their lives. I don't know about you, I am totally satisfied with my life. I wouldn't change my life for anything. My life is great. That doesn't mean that I don't have issues and struggles. All of us do. But to say you are dissatisfied with your life, there's a fundamental disconnect there, dissonance going on. Also, now this was very interesting. This week, there was an article in the news about a county in Northern California near San Francisco. It's San Mateo County. And the public officials of that county declared a, a public health emergency because of the number of people who were in crisis because of their loneliness. Their loneliness. And that too is becoming an epidemic in our country. Loneliness. It's, it's been shown by all these, these studies and, and questionnaires that elderly, somewhere like 80% of the elderly have contact throughout the month with only one human being and not always with a family member. That's a, that's, that's a terrible state. But it's not only the elderly, it's the young people too who are so uh, married to their social media and to their screens that many, many young people are not having contact with ordinary human beings, with other people. They're, they're living in a virtual world that produces isolation and loneliness. To see how absurd this has become, this is, this is almost humorous if it weren't tragic. In Great Britain and in Japan, the governments have named a minister for loneliness. There's a government official in England and in Japan whose job, whose portfolio is to take care of the loneliness, as if the state had any way of solving this problem. It's the church's role and the family's role to address loneliness in our lives, to fill that gap, that hole. Families provide that sense of belonging, that sense of well-being. And so families, couples that have children and, have, and, and raise large loving families and mom and dad are invested in the love of their family, that's what, what is the antidote for loneliness, not only for those children, but as they grow older, for those parents as well. And then the church. When we belong to the, it's a ready-made community. The church is a ready-made environment that's an antidote to loneliness. You and I know that we belong to the body of Christ, that we are connected to each other, even though we may not know each other's names in many, most cases. But you are my brother and my sister in a, because of baptism, 
in a way that is deeper than my blood sister and brother because of the connection we have through the body of Christ. And when we receive his body and his blood, we become connected not only to each other, but to our Lord, to God the Father and to Jesus Christ. And that we know that we, one day we will see him face to face. We have hope, a hope that materialism and atheism simply can't provide. We know that even though we suffer in this life, that there's something that goes beyond and that we will experience being with God for all eternity. And we know that because of who we are and because of who Jesus is, that we are obliged to help those who are in need. It's one of the seven corporal works of mercy. And again, I, I'm, not, I'm not a social scientist by any stretch, but I pay attention because oftentimes social sciences confirm what we know theologically. And uh, social sciences have many times confirmed that the biggest givers to charity are people who have a religious affiliation. In other words, if you don't go to church, you tend to be stingier because you don't see a reason to give. And yet we, don't, we give because we are giving to our Lord and we are responding to God's command to us to care for the poor and the lonely and the hungry and the homeless. All of these things. Our church offers us the opportunity to be connected to one another and to our Lord. And so loneliness is a, is a, is a product of living in a world without God. And in a world without human capital, our families, that we've isolated ourselves for one reason or another. So we ask God to give us the grace to be witnesses to the, to the victory of living in Christ. Now we have a, an event coming up Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, that once again unites us as a community and gives us as a community a vision on how we can live together and witness to the world. And so we walk now for 40 days with our Lord in the desert and accompanying him during this time of preparation, fasting and prayer. And most of us are going to be doing some kind of penance and that's great. Many people give up coffee or alcohol or sweets, all these things that are, that's, they're good. I mean, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a penance there, a little bit of a cross that's self-imposed. But it could be really, I think, very fruitful to take it a step further, take a step further and to utilize this time of Lent in order to do something that spiritually enhances us. For example, is there somebody you know who is really suffering? Well, every day during Lent, for you to do a little penance and to pray briefly for that person, but every day during Lent. Then at the end of Lent, after Easter, let that person know that you were praying them for them for 40 days. Or is there someone that you are not reconciled with? Pray the rosary every day during Lent, that God would bless that person, not necessarily for reconciliation, although that would be the, the obvious best goal, but that God would bless that person and pray the rosary, that God would do that for that person. Or come to daily mass at least one time a week 
if you can't make it every day, and find, we have a 7 a.m. in the a.m. mass in the morning, and we have a mass on Thursday. We have, I mean, there are opportunities here in other parishes for you to go to daily mass at least once a week during Lent as a way for you to declare that you are part of this mystery that we're, that we're celebrating and, and we will be celebrating in a very big way. Um, if you have a, a commute to work, Instead of playing the radio or listening to podcasts, do it in silence and pray. Pray on your, on your commute. Take advantage of that time for that silence that's so precious and so limited in our lives. These are just a few suggestions. I mean, you can, if you're creative, you'll come up with others. But do something different rather than just giving up the Krispy Kremes. Do something that's a little more creative and a little more profound and a little more, a little more engaging spiritually and that have a spiritual benefit and impact not only for you but for others because we're connected we belong to each other we're the body of christ thank you for listening to the saint anne roman catholic podcast for additional podcasts and media visit us on the web at www.sanaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.